Good morning and welcome to KLE Podcast. And this is Sean. And on the other side we have... Steve. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) All the way from Texas uh, is Steve and... uh, Steve Bissett on on the one side, Marshall, Texas, and we have Sean Smith in um, Pennsylvania, Mount Joy. Yes, it's a little town that you can hardly find on the map, but we are here. Um, I actually, you know, Steve, I I thought today I should just mention also, you know, I don't know, a lot of people probably don't know me, and so a lot of people know you, but they don't know me, and and we did introduce you, um, but... I'm the guy without the accent, so uh, coming right. from um, coming from South Africa, that's the, the bottom half of Africa. Africa is a very large continent, and so I'm from way at the bottom. My wife and I planted and pastored in the old style of doing things, a church there for um, nearly 20 years, and um, and then we... Came across here, moved back, came, went to England for eight years, and now finally immigrated here um, last year. So that's why I'm the one with the I last year. The last year, yeah, last year, lost, lost you. <laughs> um, no, so last year in April uh, we immigrated here because my eldest son married a, a nice, beautiful young Lancaster lady girl and um, is now living here and so we got to come here it took us a few years but we got here and so that's why I'm the one without the accent all right so that's just me as introduction and I started KLE as oh, there you are ah I'm back oh, yes okay where did you go <laughs> I don't know all of a sudden it just went blank I did it all right well I'm glad you're back Steve <laughs> All right, so that's just by way of introduction, and hello, um, KLE World, all you kingdom leaders. We are today talking again, this is Friday day, and we are talking about building his church. I don't know about you, Steve, but I'm really tired of all the man's building, man's building of his church. Right, right. The um, Back when I first you know, like you explained, you know, you spent many years doing the pastoral thing and, and uh, building a building a church the way that we knew how to build it. <clears throat> and uh, I actually built a couple of those, um, and they were my church, of course. Yes. Um, they were not his. Uh, I thought they were his, but anyway. Um, one, thing that I, one thing that I noticed is that, um, as it says in 1 Corinthians 3, which you did talk about, I think it was last week you actually read that. Yes. Um, yeah, it was talking about how that uh, Paul was a wise master builder and he's laid the foundation, another one builds thereupon, but let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. Um, for other foundation can no man lay that is laid, that is Christ Jesus. And he begins talking about uh, just building, you know, being a wise master builder and how they build and what they do and how they do it. And it's interesting, he, he, he points right directly to the person. He says, now you are the temple of God. And he's not talking collectively there at that point. Yes. Now, he is talking collectively to some of the rest of it. But there he says, know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you. Yes. Let no man defile that temple of God because uh, him shall God destroy. It's not if I smoke or drink or cuss or chew or whatever uh, that defiles my temple, then then I'm going to, God's going to destroy me. That's not what that's saying. It says, if any other man is building upon you anything other than Christ, him will God destroy. So take heed, therefore, how you build. And I guess that's the thing that struck me, you know, many years ago, as far as what am I what am I building, number one, and how am I supposed to build? <clears throat> and that was the main thing that I began to realize then is there's a, there's a building that we're building. It's not a, it's not a church structure. It's not the uh, superstructure of an organization. 
it's an individual. You're building, you're building these individuals and how do you build thereupon? How do you do that? And what is the, what is the very foundation of that or what is the root of that? If I begin to work with you, what am I supposed to do to begin to build that building then? Yes. Yeah. No, exactly. And I, I think that's where, you know, all the giftings actually get mistaken or, or the misnomer creeps in when we're talking apostolic, you know, prophetic, evangelistic, apostolic, and teacher is, you, you know, we have this idea that the, the apostle being the foundational, the, the apostle and prophets laying the foundations, it's not into buildings, it's not into organizations, institutions, that's into people. People Correct. are the building Correct. that they are to build. That's the superstructure that that um, that uh, he's talking about there. Yeah, because 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse um, 19 says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you? And so we, that is the that is the building we are building is the is the people, <clears throat> right? And the tough part is, and this is where this is where I got into this whole thing. Then is is what is the foundation structure? Because usually, um, I, I do a lot of building. I'm a contractor. I've been a contractor for a long time. But the main thing you start with is the foundation, and you don't even start by doing that. You come in. You come in with the plan. Yes, you've got to have the plan, man. Right, you've got a plan. You've got a you've got a structure. You've got something that that's a that's a pattern, and then you come in and root out, tear out, pluck up, and destroy. Which you know, in Jeremiah ten, it talks about that as far as just what a a prophet does. Uh, you root out, pluck up, tear down, destroy, and then you begin to build and plant. And that's. That's the main thing that, that I've noticed is that in people's lives, it's not so much of just teaching them a bunch of new stuff. It's a matter of finding out what's in there, and you, you do that by listening, and you hear what they're saying, and then you begin to unravel all the roots, all the old stones, all the old footings and foundations. You begin to unravel some of that stuff uh, with the pure milk of the word or the pure seed of the word. So it's not a matter of it's not a matter of just coming in and teaching you a bunch of new stuff that now you have to try to assimilate and apply to your life. Yeah. It's actually laying a foundation. <laughs> you know, no other, no other foundation is any man laid. There's a way of laying a foundation. I can't just teach you a foundation. There's a, there's a work that is done in a person's life that that actually roots out stuff it plucks it up and then begins to then you begin to watch in that person's life to make sure that that's laid properly and that's that's why paul says i'm a wise master builder it's not it's not a matter that i just come in and start laying the same thing in, in everybody that's supposed to be laid uh you know like hebrews 6 1 and 2 it, it talks about the you know, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let's go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God, doctrine of baptisms and laying on of hands, resurrection to dead and uh, eternal judgment. It's not a matter of just going through those and teaching those. It's a matter of finding out where that person is at and then helping reset that foundation so that when teachings do come or even old teachings are there, it begins to build properly on a good footing or a good foundation. In fact, in Luke, it talks about that whenever the storms come and they do come to every temple or every building, <clears throat> it says there's one man who just built upon sand, which is just, it's pieces of rock. It's mingled rock with all sorts. It's crushed rock with, with all sorts of debris and everything else. And so if you just build it on that, of course, it washes away. But it says the man, one man dug deep and laid it upon a stone or a rock. Yeah. And that's what you begin to do is watch for that in somebody's life. Not that you are trying to build on somebody. It's just what is Christ doing in this person? What is Jesus Christ himself doing in this person? And find out and work and, and cooperate from there. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's the, the, if, you know, and that's what I taught on, on understanding apostolic leadership earlier was that the, the, um, the, the real work of the apostle, of the apostolic gift, if you may, 
is um, to contend with carnal inclinations. That's straight Correct. Right. So, uh, you know, inclinations being the way people go, the way they think, things that right. form, that because that, he talks about then overthrowing the strongholds and, and those imaginations, and that's the very computations of how people think. Right. And so, you know, deep-setted in, in, in people's thinking, um, in their very mindset, in their very paradigm, is these inclinations that grow out of that, that cause us to, to decide, to choose, to act, to behave, and creates habits in our life that are, are inclined away from the original intent of God for your life and my life, you know? Correct, correct. And so, yeah. and so you know, the giftings, we've got to come in first and, and like you say, listen for that, and then begin to remove and overthrow those thinking processes, those 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 computations of the mind. Overthrow that so a fresh um, thinking process comes, and that that was a scripture that that I um, was thinking about this morning. Um, was in it was Second Corinthians chapter eleven and verse. Uh, one, two, and three, and he says, I wish you would bear with me while I indulge in a little foolishness, but indeed you are bearing with me as you read this. I'm reading from Amplified, verse two, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy because I've promised you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. And then he says, but in verse three, but I'm afraid that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, your minds may be corrupted and led away from the simplicity of your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Yeah, simplicity. <laughs> yeah, so that just that, that simple, um, pure devotion to Christ, just like, like a, a young virgin in love with her husband. And he says, you, you know, there's a corruption that's come, that's come to beguile um, you, your minds so that it's corrupted and led away from, from that purity, that pure love, that pure desire, that pure seeking after your husband. And, and, uh, and that's, that's really what it is. It's to bring people back, you know, to, to bring the church back to Christ so that we build from the right foundation. Correct. Yeah, because it says it says washing your minds. I mean, renewing your minds with the washing of the water of the word. It's it's a matter of that's where the battleground lies, anyways, in our yes, minds. Exactly. So if we can help somebody just renew their thinking or or just adjust it slightly, and that's the thing about a foundation, a footing. Uh, uh, just for instance. It says that if a man operates in the milk, the pure, uh, just in the milk of the word, he's not skillful in the word of righteousness. Yes. Word of righteousness. I mean, we even skip through that because we don't even know what that means. <laughs> you know, the word of righteousness. Yeah. I mean, it's, that is the good news. That's the God. You've been made righteous. You've been made holy because of what Christ did. It's not a matter of me trying to figure out or trying to gain my own righteousness. It's repentance from dead works, which is you trying to get righteous. And it's, it's so interesting in those foundational principles there in Hebrews 6, 1 and 2, because there, there's three sets of them joined by an and. Hmm. Repentance from Ted dead works and faith toward God. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. Um, the faith toward God part, you want, you listen to hear what somebody's saying, uh, you know, oh man, I wish I could have more faith. Oh my God, you know, I need to study more. I need to do whatever more. I need to do this. Now, now you just, you've just kind of exposed a hole in your footing or your foundation and you go, no, you are Christ's workmanship. He yeah. began this work in you. He will complete it. You know, he, he, you're, he's at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's uh, it. He is the alpha and the omega, which means he is the beginning. He's also the end. You've been predestinated to be conformed into his likeness and image. He's already figured this out. He's already got it in a plan. He's already put it in motion for you to become this way. 
Now rest. Yeah. Because you are in righteousness. You are in right standing with God. It's not something you have to try to perform. So now all of a sudden you, you're, you're helping to interject the, the seed of life back into somebody's mind to where now their, their mind is renewed into that word of righteousness. And it's, it's a whole different thing to understand that righteousness as opposed to being even skillful in the word of righteousness. How can you be skillful in the word of righteousness if you don't even realize you're righteous? Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, it's, it's your positioning before, before the right. father. And if you, you know, and that's where there's a lack of confidence when we are not confident in our standing in our position before the father, that's when we we trying to conjure up all sorts. I re, I remember Jesse, my baby son, um, when not he was so baby anymore. Yeah, he's not so baby anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's twenty years old. So, but when he was when he was it must have been about seven years ago, and he was just going through a really really tough time, you know, and um, just within himself and and in our relationships. I mean, he. Uh, he was like really testing me, you know, and he was really trying to, to uh, push the buttons and, and, uh, uh, and that would just lose everything in our relationship, you know, and he, but the thing about it was, was he didn't, he, he wasn't um, confident of his, his position with me. And so what happened was it, it affected everything. And so I had to affirm him and, and affirm him a lot in his in his sonship and in his relationship to me and but so he would do a lot of things to try and get my attention because he felt like i wasn't i don't know that he felt that i wasn't paying enough attention to him or something so he would he would do a lot of things to to uh, some naughty things to try and uh, get my attention and i think sometimes that's what 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 we as believers as the bride of christ do we we're trying to do all these like works of the flesh to try and sort of find God's approval. You know, if only I could pray more, if only, and that's what we, you know, reading. I mean, it's great that we've got all these books, but man, it can be, it can be, um, uh, it can be confusing and overwhelming because you read, you know, the latest book is you need, you need to pray an hour. So everybody now you've got to pray an hour, but then the next latest book comes out. You've got to worship an hour. Oh my, I've got to work. So I pray an hour and I can worship an hour, but then somebody brings out another book and says, you've got to meditate in the word. Oh my. So now I meditate for an hour and then somebody comes out and says, no, but you've got to study the word for an hour, you know, and it's, <laughs> It's like five, six hours later, I'm trying to fulfill all these, these, Law. you know, all these laws nearly um, because it's everybody's revelation. And I always tell the guys that I'm mentoring and saying, you know, is, is, is when you read a book like that, take it, see what you get out of it, learn from it, see what you can apply, but it's not law. It's somebody's, you know, they've been, God spoken to them about something and so that's great. You take what you can get out of it, but what does God want you to do? And that's the thing is, you know, when you come, when a, when a husband or when a, when a, when a lover comes into, you know, to the, into the bedchamber, they haven't got like a manual. Okay. The first five minutes is this next 10 minutes is that, you know, and, and now we were, I mean, gosh, if I came into, into my bedroom with my wife and I had a manual and step one, step two, she's going to throw me out, you know, and, and yet that's what we do. Shoot, we, that's my problem. <laughs> that's your, <laughs> that's my, I'm going to have to throw that book away. Throw that book away. <laughs> so, um, that's why you're sleeping on the couch. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, so you know but that's what we do with when we come before the father when we're coming into into our our intimacy with with the lord you know what right. i was speaking at a at a, a prayer breakfast a couple of years back and one guy came up to me and he said so, so how do i do my devotional time said, i'm not going to tell you right said, you know right. It's, like, it's like me sharing my 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 love secrets with you i don't i'm not going to do that you know it's just like You've got to find out as as 
his lover and, and, and to your lover is how do you build that intimacy with him? How do you grow in that? You don't. And so we got to stay away from all this worky, worky, worky stuff and start growing in our relationship with him and up as we are positioned. But the whole point of that I'm trying to say with all of that is that if you're not, <laughs> if you don't understand your position, then you're going to be doing all the airy flary stuff, you know, to try right. and, and make up for your lack of intimacy. That's really what it is, you know? And that's the, that's the extension then that we've put on um, whenever we come in to be, um, what would you say? Not just mentored, but at the, the whole fatherhood sonship thing, which, yes. which is a great, um, you know, basically we are supposed to represent the father and bring them into the fullness and stature of Christ. However, the problem is a lot of guys then shift that into trying to get our approval. Yes. If I am their spiritual father, quote unquote, yeah. trying to, um, not just gain my approval, but trying to get within my good graces. They're trying to be approved. They're trying to be accepted. You know, they just shift that uh, from because they still feel that same way toward their own their their spiritual father. Yes, um, that God. You know, yes. our, our father. Yes, and so Yahweh, or whatever whatever it is that you know we want to say at that point, Jehovah. Uh, but we have a tendency to try to shift that then on a man. And like, like you were reading there in second Corinthians, you know, I mean, uh, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. I want to espouse you to one husband, not, not to try to get you to follow me or not to try to get you to, uh, snuggle up to me in some way or, or try to gain my approval. I mean, I'm trying to, my whole job is to, uh, uh make disciples, to where you're discipled unto Christ, not unto me. Exactly. And that's, that's, I mean, that's what it's talking about is, is that Paul was deferring what his whole focus was deferring people to Christ. Right. Right. So, you know, he said, I, I, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy because I promised you. And the, the, another translation says, wooed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. And this is what we've been talking about for weeks now is that, is that, you know, true leadership and true, um, well, let's just call it true leadership within the context of the local church or, or within the, in the context of the church collectively should be one to defer people to Christ as a pure virgin. So you're preparing the, the, the body of Christ, you're preparing the bride of Christ, you're preparing her without touching it as a pure virgin. In other words, you're not touching her, you're not violating her, you're not uh, violating her, yeah. you, you, you're not committing adultery with her, you're fornicating with her. I'm sorry I'm using these harsh words, but that's just really what it is, is you're not sexually touching her. She is a pure virgin to Christ that you you are wooing you preparing her you you are bringing her and deferring her to her one husband right yeah that a lot of that over under thing that we've been brought up in uh, that started back in the shepherding movement and stuff like that uh, was a possessive thing uh, and what we had a tendency to do then is is um, I, I become jealous of my little harem. <laughs> I become jealous of my little group that I'm building here. <clears throat> you know, my my sons in the faith, my whatever, yeah. uh, and and I and I kind of encompass them and and hold them in and hold them fast and protect them and whatever else. And I'm going. I mean, that's the thing that bothered me right from the beginning. I thought, no, this is wrong. I mean, we're the, we're supposed to be bringing them unto unto Christ. And then unto their father, I'm supposed to be getting them to listen to their father and hear the voice of their father, not, not hear my voice. Yes. You know, I'm not supposed to hear for them. Like you said, you know, how, what's my, what am I supposed to do? You know, as far as my study and my, my devotional time. Well, no, I can't tell you that. Exactly. exactly. Uh, you know, I, you hear the voice of your, you do hear your, his, your father. You are his sheep. You do hear his voice. Another, yeah. you will not follow. I mean, that's a, that's a promise that you have. So don't, don't think somebody else is going to take that place. Exactly right. And, you know, that's presumptuous, man. You know, that's really presuming upon 
uh, upon um, the bride of Christ, you know. But but the thing about it is, is I mean, really, if you think about it, and I was there. I mean, you know, I can, I can speak because I was on that side of the table. Um, when you are when you are insecure, you're trying to you're trying to gather that something around you to make you feel you know, that you are actually worth something that you, right. You know, it's about you, it's about you. I mean, that's just the bottom line of it. You know, if we, if we are in really, if we get the mindset, if we, if we really get the mindset that this is the body of Christ, these, these, this is the temple of God, not the temple of Sean or Steve, but the temple of God that we're building. Um, last night I was sitting with some young guys and they said to me, so, cause we're having the, the encampment next month, um, up here. And, and, uh, so they asked, you know, why, so, so just for us, for clarity and, uh, you know, so why are we doing, are we just like accommodating your gift? And I said, well, then you, you're missing the point altogether because I can find <laughs> either way, you know, other ways of doing that. I, I can rather go to a hotel and run a seminar and earn money out of doing it, you know? So, right. So, uh, you know, I said, the thing that you need to understand is that it's all about building you. It's about giving you the capacity to grow, to, to develop, to show you the model of not camping. That's not the point. The, the camping is just the, the, the means, um, but to show you the model of, of the order of God and how it works and why it's important and how, how to come to a new a new mindset when it comes to the body of Christ and the building of God, that you are the building of God and to, to empower you to go and be the, the son that, and, uh, or daughter that God's called you to be. And like, ah, now we get it. You know, it's just like, um, so, so we need to understand that that's, that's got to be our approach. It's not about us. Right. It's well, part of it is too. Um, a lot of guys don't really believe that there's the counsel of God in their own heart and, and they're looking for somebody to teach them or to lead them by the hand into a certain place. Um, it says counsel is bound up in the heart of man like deep waters, but a man of understanding will draw it yeah. out of them. And that's something I've learned as, a, as just as far as a, um, a different way of approaching things because a lot of times they are like it says in Song of Solomon. It says, my sister, my spouse is a fountain shut up in a garden and closed. So come on north wind and blow thou south and blow up on my garden that the spices thereof may flow out that I may come into my garden and drink and, you know, whatever. And I thought, you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of people that I know are just shut up. I mean, it's, there's, there's no flowing of that fountain, that river of life. It's been shut off. It's been closed off. It's been, there is no, there is no out of the belly flows a river of living water anymore. It's, it's, it's been shut up. Yeah. And to begin to tap that once again and draw out of that belly, that fountain, and to get it flowing again, you know, it's interesting. I was talking with the guy uh, yesterday or day before. I don't remember when it was. Anyway, I was talking with him last year sometime. The, um, uh, when, when was it that the flood came that covered the whole earth, you know, back in the days of Noah? When, when was it? Was it when the rains came down for 40 days and 40 nights? No. The rains came down for 40 days and 40 nights, and it just, it rained upon the earth. But it says, but the fountains of the deep opened up, and the flood covered the whole earth. Mm. And that's the key right there is to get the fountains of the deep flowing again yeah. in our brothers and sisters, in, our, in the people that are around us. Get that fountain flowing again because that will flood the whole earth, not, not the fact that, oh, God, please send the rain, send the rain. You know, that's not going to bring the flood. That's not going to bring anything new. Oh, God, please pour down more upon us. No, we don't need more upon us. He's given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. Yep. Now. Break up, O fountain of the deep. Come yeah. up, O well. Spring up, O well. Get that, somehow draw, begin to draw that out of them and, and once again get that mindset renewed to understand 
that you have in you right now the mind of Christ. You have in you the purpose of God. You have in you all of the things that pertain unto life and godliness. He's already given unto you. Yeah. And begin to draw that and open up that fountain of the deep once again and, and make them skillful or help them become skillful in that word of righteousness, not, not just keep them relying upon the milk that comes from our breast, so to speak. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you know, a child can never raise a... Well, that's true. Child, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just, it, it's just a, not a hopeless situation, but it, I mean, it's, it's just a never-ending immaturity that just keeps festering, you know. So, right, right. So the whole... A cycle. That's where we lose sight of what this is all about. It's, Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, he said, you know, I, I, with the wisdom that's in Christ, I, I work tirelessly in the, in the power of the Spirit to present every man mature and fully grown um, and perfect in Christ. So, so his whole focus was not the crowd like Jesus. It was, right. to, was to present every man mature in Christ. And he says, right, right. that's my war. That, the againazamahi, which Aegon being contest and Ozamahi means is like this this internal struggle. It's like before going into battle. It's like he, he had this ang anxiousness nearly all the time to to work and build. And we back to building the temple is like to build every man to present every man mature in Christ. Right. And when when somebody's mature, they're not going to depend upon you. That's you know that's the thing. Is like we right. unfortunately we've got this this sort of generation of leaders that want people to depend on them, depend on their word, depend on their anointing, depend on their gifting. And the gifting is important because we need that for the equipping of the saints. But right. the whole the point of that is, is objectively to maturity so the body of Christ grows itself, not us. Right. You know, right. We, right. we're not the focus of this this thing, you know, and so you need moms and dads that nurture the body. You need, right. you know, you so you need the young men, you need the, the, the moms and dads, and then you, you have the children. And we need to nurture this generational process. It's about family. That's really what the body of Christ is about. It's about, you know, it's got so many um, different, uh, what's the word? Um, symbolical kind of, things it's a, it's a it's a bride it's a, it's a virgin it's a bride it's a building it's a temple it's a it's right. a family right. it's it's a you know it, it it's a priesthood it's kings it's it's a kingdom so you know we've we we need but we, we don't we, if we are constantly immature we're not getting that we we just constantly say feed me feed me feed me you know my name is jimmy i'll take all you can give me you know so yeah well, it's interesting, too, that the next verse, uh, after what you were reading there, verse 29 says, Where, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working. Yes. It's not, it's not what I think. What, what is he working in this person? What, and I'm talking right now. What is it Christ is drawing out of this person? What is it Christ is putting into this person? What is it? It's all about... Uh, 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 they who are sons of God are led by the spirit of God. I'm not led by a principle. I'm not led by a gift or an anointing. I'm led by the spirit of God. So what is it that God's putting into this person right now? What is it he's drawing out of this person right now? I don't come in and I don't want to come in and give you a, 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 a 10 tape series on the foundational principles of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Again, I, you don't need that. What you need is the certain areas of that foundation that are chinked, that have uh, a thrown in them, that has something in there absolutely. that I need to find out what Christ is speaking to right now. It's like it's like when Jesus came and, and washed the disciples' feet. All of a sudden, Peter says, uh, well, Lord, you know, you don't, I don't want you to wash my feet. And Jesus says, oh, well, I have, I have to do this. I mean, this is part of, you know, what I'm going to do. I'm going to wash your feet. And he says, well, then therefore God, why, I mean, Father, why, I mean, Jesus, whatever, wash all of me. And he goes, no, no, I don't want to wash all of you. I just, I'm just doing your feet right now. There's just this one area 
There's just this one area. I don't, you don't need to hear the whole thing right now. I, you wouldn't be able to take it anyway. I mean, you wouldn't be able to take a whole bath right now. Yeah. I just want to wash your feet. So what is it right now? And like, like Paul said there, uh, you know, you were talking there in 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, it goes back and Paul says, I don't, I don't deal with you, uh, it says, outside of our measure. Yes. There's a certain measure that I have that extends towards you, but it doesn't extend toward everybody. I'm not an apostle to everybody. Yeah. Doubtless I am toward you, he said, but I'm not to everybody. Yeah. Here we call him the Apostle Paul, you know. <laughs> you go, no, no, I was, I was sent to you, yeah. but I wasn't. And I have a certain measure toward you that I don't have toward other people. There's a certain measure. There's a certain entrance. And I don't operate outside that measure of rule. There is a certain rule that I have. There is a certain ability that I have to be able to speak into your life. And it may not be for all seasons in life either. Yep. It's just a certain measure that I have. And so you walk according to that measure and you don't extend yourself outside of that measure. You just, you're very gracious with it, just like the Holy Spirit is. I mean, you know, you're not forcing yourself on anybody. Uh, it's just a matter of this is the measure that I have and you walk in it and you, and you give it out with the authority that you have in Christ to do that. And, and, but outside of that, you're not, you know, I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a, a great apostle to the nations, you know, I'm not, cause I'm not, you yeah. know, but I am sent to you, Yes, but not to everybody. Well, well, and that's, and that's really where it's at, you, you know, the, he could work with with the Titus as much as he could work with you know the the church in Ephesus, so right. so he, you know he could balance that of knowing exactly where the attention needed to be and where where he needed right. to best himself. And Jesus did the same thing. I mean, right. he could he could confront one issue in one person's life as much as he could deal with the twelve, as much as he could balance working with with the um, with the crowd you know the whole the whole crowd and he knew exactly what to say how to say it. Uh, you know that's why jesus is such an incredible leader because he could balance the private the personal the inner circle the 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 um and and the public ministry and he balanced yeah, it very well. the five thousand yeah yeah i mean he could just balance all of that out exactly on how to build what to give when to give it you know that that to me I'm, I'm using the word smart but i mean it's wisdom it's obviously right you know it's just very very good leadership and 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 uh, we need to learn that i you know in that's something that i out of all my my experiences that i began to sit down and, and I, I looked at the the things that i've been through with leaders in myself and without being negative about it and, or, or, you know, or wounded about it, I just sat down and began to look at it and say, uh, and God took me through an eight year process in England doing that. And just like, so what did I go through? What was violated? What should have been, could have been done different? What should have been done? What was the heart of the father in that process that I can learn from that I can take to the next generation? And, and, and the, the Lord really began to deal with me about the skill of, of, um, of developing the house of God. And I'm talking about people now. It's, right, right. It's not, you know, discipleship is a skill. <laughs> if, right. you look, if you look, making disciples, if you look at the Greek word, it means to, ment to have a mentor par excellence. That's what the Greek word means. It's like there's somebody imparting a worldview to you. It's imparting a whole, a whole mindset shift. And it's like not just, oh, well, get into the sausage machine of 10 weeks and you pop out the other side and you're this disciple and now you better be mature and grow my church. It doesn't work like that. That's not what the, the order of God is. It's, it's a process of developing the person, and like you're saying, is is being able to draw out then, and it's not just to, you know pulling down, destroying. It's it's finding those things that that right. you, that you can nurture out of them and say that's 
not even saying this is your gift and this is what you have to do. I don't think we can presume upon people like that, but no. to draw out of them that they can discover what is God's assignment and mission for their life. What is, right. what is God's, what is God's inclination? Not the carnal inclination, but what is the God inclination, the son inclination, the father in, in Proverbs, it says, um, how does that scripture go where it says, um, train up a child in the way he should go. And when right. he's old, he will not depart from it, you know? So, so it's, it's fine allowing them to discover what the father has um, put yeah. into them and trained them in. Yeah. The really. Derek, the Derek or the way he should go is the word Hebrew word Derek, which yes, means that's right. bent or the way, the way they are bent. Yes. How is this person bent? What is their slant? What is it that God's created in them? Yeah. When they're old, they won't depart from it if I train them up in that. Well, exactly. But if we're trying to protect our thrones and we're trying to protect our positions um, and, and we're trying to protect our, like, arch position over, over everybody and everybody's right. got to serve me, you know, then, then we are missing that beat. We, right. We miss, you know, we're trying to reach the 5,000, but we're not, we're not helping Peter with his mindset. That's really right. what it is, you know? Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, we've, we, that is really a balance that we have to get in building the church. Right. Uh, I think the interesting, uh, uh, you were talking there about Proverbs, wisdom hath builded her house hmm. yes. and she hewn out her seven pillars. There are seven different Hebrew words for the word wisdom used in Proverbs. Yes. And each one of them has a different aspect of a person and how they are to build, believe it or not. Yes. Uh, the one of them is a skillful wisdom, uh, which is the one that's used the most. The word skillful there is, is something that is, is an innate skill. It's something that you're just slanted and bent that way. So, so it begins to come out of you. The interest, one of the things that really got to me is one of the words for wisdom is the word lab, L-E-B, which simply means the heart of it. You can't even get a person to build properly according to the kingdom of God unless their heart is bent that way. Yes. And that's basically what I've noticed that we've been trying to touch on for these last few weeks is not so much, not so much the uh, order of, okay, now let's not do it by pastors anymore. Let's do it by apostles and prophets, but they have a different function than we have. And the, actually the administration of it is by elders. I mean that, you know, in simplicity, that's at some point in time, we're going to get into that. But right now we've been dealing with the heart of it. Yes. We've been dealing with that wisdom that comes from that heart. Yeah. And it's to change the mindset of a person in their heart to yeah. where now they will not touch the bride for themselves. They will not touch her uh, for what they've thought before. Behold, I do a new thing, saith the Lord, and now it shall spring forth. Don't remember the former things, nor even consider the things of old, because I'm doing a new thing. You, you don't know what this is like. It's a new thing to you. Yeah. So don't even try to presume that you know this. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it's a matter of now reconstructing some things in a person's heart to where they will not do it that same old way anymore. Well, that's exactly what it is. I, I mean, you hit you hit the nail on the head. That's like the summary of of the past month or so. Is, is exactly right. And that that's the whole that that's the whole point for me is that if we don't have a change in paradigm, if we don't have a change right. in mindset, then our inclination will always be to, to going the old way because everybody's done it that way. Right. Because if I go and teach you now about, okay, it's no longer pastors, but now we, now that Jesus Christ only set it up by elders. I mean, that's what he told him to do is set it up by elders. That's what Paul was instructed to do. That's what he instructed Timothy to do is, is ordain elders in every church in every city, not, not pastors yet. Pastors are never ordained, nor is any other gift. It's elders that are ordained. So, yes. you know, just get briefly touching on that. But if I just taught you that yeah. without changing the heart, exactly right. You're going to do exactly. And you're going to make a chief elder which yep. is going to be the king over all the elders, 
Yeah. And you're going to end up with exactly the same system that you had and you came out of, and it's not going to be any different or any better. It's not going to represent the kingdom of God. It's going to be exactly the same thing, except now you call them elders rather than pastors and associate pastors. Exactly. Exactly. So you can be doing, you can have this whole term, everything different, and yet be doing it in the spirit of the way it was. So right. Yeah, right. if you don't change the, the spirit of it, uh, right. then, you know, it doesn't matter what you call it. It's like right. we, we were talking, uh, when was it, last weekend? Um, I think you, you and I were texting each other. And, and like they, they tag apostolic onto all sorts of things now because oh, it's yeah. trendy, you know. And, you know, what, what, <laughs> what was the one apostolic nurturing pastors <laughs> or something? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. There is no... There's no scriptural basis for that. So, you know, and it's like you hear it's kingdom this and kingdom that and apostolic this and prophetic that. And it's all the same stuff just with the new trendy little word attached to it. And, you know, it's, it's word it's wordsmithing, as somebody said, um, just putting nice words on it to make it sound more spiritual, more up to date, more authoritative um, but the heart of it is just what you're saying is the paradigm hasn't changed. And, right. and, and the, thing, the thing that we need to understand is that the, when it talks about, uh, let me just, sorry, let me just get that scripture quickly. Um, when it talks about uh, um, for the weapons of our warfare and our carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, um, and then it goes, you know, tearing down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of, of Christ. It talks yeah. about vain imagine, imaginings there. The word is logismos. And logismos means the very computations of how you think. It's the seed of your thoughts. And, of course, thoughts translate into action, translates into decisions and choices. And so right. if the very seed is corrupted, if the very, and that's why he says, don't be conformed to the state of, or, or, or status or the way of this world, but be transformed, have a total metamorphosis in your thinking, in your mind, right. that you may prove or behave the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. So that there has to be in the very attitude, in the very spirit of your mind, there has to be this total reformation, total reforming, so that you begin to think his way, not your way, to think the way of, of, um, of the order of God's, of, of God's kingdom. That's really right. What to actually is. operate by the mind of Christ. Yes. I mean, you have to get right down to, and, and, and that takes, you know, it, it, it's, it's tough to change people's minds. It's tough. That's, that's why it, it talks about this odious apostolic uh, duty and function to execute, to contend with carnal ex yeah. inclinations. Inclinations, yeah. Is because the reason Paul went through, you know, beaten and, and shipwrecked and, and you know, starving and, and, you know, thrown in prison and all those things, the reason he had to go through all of that was simply because of that. He was coming and contending with religious inclinations. Right. He was dealing with mindsets that would not change. And so, you know, there, there's, there comes the clash, the confrontation within that context. It wasn't because he, he was trying to be offensive or because he preached like fancy messages that nobody liked. It's because he, <laughs> he was dealing with, with mindsets that were right. so steeped in religion and law and, uh, you know, that they, they just could not accept that there's another way. Right. And, and that's what we've got to realize. And that's the thing that frustrates me, too, is that if I teach you a principle, you're going to operate by the principle. So that's why it bothers me that somebody comes in and teaches the foundational principles of the doctrine of Jesus Christ rather than laying them in somebody, because there's a big difference ah. in doing that. Ah. Uh, because if I teach you a principle, you're going to try to live by that principle. It's going to become a law to you. Yes, exactly. But if, but if I lay it in you to where it, it becomes a part of you and who you are, not, not just the principle of it, but the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus in that. 
Yes. Now all of a sudden it becomes a part of you. That's why I told you a couple of weeks ago, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the name of my ministry to 20 cent ministry because, you know, two dimes is 20 cents. So I'm going to change your pair of dimes into, <laughs> you know, into something else here. Something else. Exactly. Yeah, pair of dimes. It's a paradigms shift. So a 20 cent, 20 cent ministry. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. That's bad. But <laughs> anyway, you know, if I can, if I, if I teach you a principle, you're going to try to live by the principle. Yes. And it becomes a law to you. Ha. Huh. Now, point, point of order. <laughs> that's the thing is what we do. And, and that's what Jesus was speaking about in Matthew 23. He says, you lay these things on people's lives, but you're not to prepare to even try and pick it up with your own finger. That's we right. We lay conditions, rules uh, precepts, principles, whatever you want to call them, you lay them on people, this heavy, and it's, it's a new way of, of setting expectations, really. Right, right, right. And so, but you're not prepared to live by them. And the true test of whether you live by something is when a crisis hits, when you're under duress. Will, is that part of you? Yeah, when the storm comes, yes, is that then, is that house going to stand? Exactly. So then, then what you've taught as principle that you've you've caught one, you know, imposed on, and that's a good word, imposed on others to live by. You're not prepared to live by yourself. Right. That is ridiculous. That that is that is absolutely crazy. Uh, you know, that's so out of order, man. We we've. <laughs> But yet it brings you into a place now you're trying to please me because I've got this set of principles that are kind of new to you. It's a revelation to you. Yeah. And now you're trying to come under that because you want to please me. You want to please God. You want to be a good disciple. You want to do this. Well, now it brings you back under the performance and under the law of it. And that's the thing that's disturbed me so much is that we, we keep bringing people back under the law. Yes. Well, because it's it's the it's the set paradigm within the context of leadership. Right, right. That's true. Is is because that's the paradigm we operate under. So it will always go that way. Right. We we we've, that's why we've got to ha and it's costly. It's not easy. It's it's. I mean, you and I. That's why we talk like this because when we've been doing it because there was a connection we saw this years ago. Is that unless we do life together. Right. Not just teach meetings, but when we do life with people. And that's what I was saying to the guys last night with, with an encampment. Encampment is not something that has an agenda. Okay, we're going to, you know, um, eight o'clock this, nine o'clock that. It's not a camp. Right. It's not camping. It's not a retreat. It's not a church camp. It's, it's doing life together. It's where right. we... We hang out and hear what the spirit. So if we sit for an hour drinking tea and nobody's saying anything and nobody's preaching, fine. There's no problem with that. What we're doing is we 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 wanting the choreography of the spirit of God to move right. amongst us and and do life together. So we learn from one and you know what the spirit of God is saying, what the spirit of God is doing, what God wants to say into right. our hearts and our lives. And that's the thing that people don't realize is that we don't have anything scripted on this necessarily. I mean, you know, you may have had something you've been thinking about last week and I may have had something, but yet we watch he who ministereth to you the spirit. Does he do it by works of the law or does he do it by faith? Yeah. This is, this, this is a, this is something that I applied to every area of my life. Yeah. He who ministereth to you the spirit. I'm not ministering to you a word or a song or a thought or an idea, I'm ministering to a person, the spirit of yeah. the living God. I'm ministering to you him. So he who ministereth to you the spirit, the word ministereth is the word epikorigeo. So I'm, it's the word we get choreography from, the epi meaning over. I'm watching over the choreography of the spirit. I'm watching over what it is that God is doing right now, what his hand is moving in, what the beat is, what the rhythm is, what the flow is, what, what is it he's speaking right now? Not, not what, what was it he spoke last week. What's he speaking right now? What is he he's doing right now in your life? Yes. And so you watch over that choreography and then you follow. You want the bride to learn to dance with her husband. So yes. you get her to know his choreography. 
That's the whole objective of this. It's not to sit down and, and get to learn how to teach better or to preach better or to learn how to do ministry better. It's, it's a matter of learning how to follow the choreography of your husband. Yep, that's the truth. That's the truth. And, and you know, okay, well, don't even get me started on that one. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be another hour. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brother. Well, yeah, I mean, th this, is, this is so rich, you know. I, I can see why this is the most popular um, episode on the, whole, on the whole podcast every week is because um, it, just that. It's, there's, nothing, there's nothing scripted about it. We're we coming out of, out, of, out of the paradigm that God's, that God's worked into our life. Um, so we, I don't have to pay those people to listen anymore. No, you don't have to pay them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Can you pay me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. That's <laughs> uh, funny. You know what's funny? It, even in that scripture you were reading there in Second uh, Corinthians eleven, it says Paul says. You know, so I can get this message to you. I've robbed from other churches. <laughs> I'm serious. That's what he says. You know, a couple of verses later, he says, I've, I've taken out of other people's coffers, basically, so that I can come here and I can, I can talk with you about this stuff. And, and, wow. and I, I've thought about, of course, this is another time we're going to talk about the priesthood. Yes. Uh, which Christ is of, of the order of Melchizedek, which is a totally different priesthood than we've been raised up in. Yeah. And so, uh, but well, that's, it, what we, that's really what we're talking about, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like Paul said, you know, I'm, I'm having to rob from other things. I'm having to work with my own hands so that I have in order to give. It's not, you know, I, I, I'm not begrudging that. It's just, I work so that I have for myself and those who are with me, you know, I'm, I'm, the Lord's paying for this with what I'm doing. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to get anything from you, but like Paul said, he says, if, if indeed this is something that's, that you know is Melchizedek or Christ is sent to you in this, then he says, by all means, I should be able to receive of your carnals. But he says, I, I'm not requiring that of you. Oh no. But so that you may be blessed in your account. Yes. So it may prosper in your account, so that there may be abundance in your account. It's not. It's not for an abundance in my account. I'm not. I'm not concerned about that because the Lord's providing for me and those who are with me. It's. It, it's so that you realize that this is Christ. Yes. And so you wow. realize, and so it may abound toward your account. Yeah. And that's that's recognizing Melchizedek because Abraham didn't, didn't give because of the guy's name. He didn't give because he was over him like a spiritual Amway. He didn't give to him like, you know, uh, he just recognized that God sent him. The only reason Melchizedek came was to bless him. Yeah. Wasn't to get anything. And so because of that, it says that he opened up his heart and gave a 10th part of all that he had, all the spoils that he had. So, and I, um, We've we've gotten so anyway. Melchizedek's a whole number of the ball game, so uh, we'll get into that at some point in time. But uh, as the Lord leads in that, but it's just it's exciting to me to talk about to change the heart right yes. now to change the heart so that we're not yep. doing it the yep. same way to have that wisdom, the wisdom of Labe or the wisdom of the heart now, yes. and uh, 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 it's almost like. And I didn't even realize that till this morning that that's what we've been dealing on is that's the very first issue is the heart. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the thing, the thing that I, I began to realize, and that's why I started KLE, which was the kingdom leadership equipping, because uh, the whole point is, is that kingdom, the kingdom of God is a different way of thinking. That's what Jesus said to Peter. He said, you're not mindful and that right. word there is paradigm or your, your thinking processes is not after in the order of God, but in the order of man. And I right. thought, you know, right there was that Jesus was challenging the, the person that he was mentoring to, to be the, the spokesperson in the sense for, for what was to come. And, and, 
you know, he had to challenge his mindset. But you see him challenging their mindset often after that is just in, in their understanding. He says, do you still yet not understand, <laughs> you know, these spiritual right. things that is happening? And, and, uh, and the whole that word understand there is don't you get it in your mindset? And so I began to say, you know, we've got to see leadership beginning to arise with a new mindset, with a new paradigm. It's, it's not doing, because a lot of leadership today in the church as well is, is principles of the world. You know, it's, right, it's, right. It's, uh, it's, it's just like Ford said, you know, now I do that in another podcast where I'm just training leaders, but that's, that's different. When it comes to in the house of God, when it, you know, is that we've got to begin to see, we cannot apply, adopt the principles of, of, of leadership of Ford into the church. It's right. two different things. Um, or, or yeah, president, vice president, secretary board. Oh, you know, that's the thing is, you know, this is the president of the church and here's the first lady, you know, it's just like, right. what? where do you find that? Yeah. I mean, I, I saw the parking spots. Uh, I was down uh, working a storm thing, and I watched. I I drove by this church building thing, and I and I see it says, uh, oh, "What was it? What was it?" They called him anyway, and, and it says then the uh, a parking spot for the first lady, and yeah. I thought, "Oh man, what have we done here?" Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that that is insane. In fact, I heard. Uh, <laughs> A lady was telling me she was at this church, and um, and uh, the, the guy begins to like nearly like in a, um, a boxing match. And today, the honourable, most holy, anointed <laughs> man of God, man of power, man of the hour, your pastor, your senior pastor, today. And the guy comes in, and everybody stands up and roars and claps and yeah. whatever else. So then, and then he kneels and they take off his robe. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he stands up and he says, and today I want you to stand up and give an, a, a great, honorable, powerful round of applause for the first lady. And she comes walking Are down the serious? stairs out to the air, you know, she comes down. And you know what happens is, and now it's all on television, you know, <laughs> and he gets in and he says, that was terrible. That that applause was terrible. Honey, go back up the stairs and come back down again. The people. No, are, no, no, no. Yeah, I am serious. So, and 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 of course, this lady who who is an elder's wife, you know, she said she just put her hands in her head, and when she looked up, there were <laughs> she was on the video. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. But oh, oh. I mean, that is the kind of stuff. Is like it's all the glory of man, and and right. that's what. You know, that's an extreme case. I understand. But we, we are, have been talking about, we are talking about just that shift within right. the context of how you actually see this, the, the value system, the belief system, the mindset, the paradigm from which you operate. If it's not right. changed, if, if the spirit of your mind is not shifted, you're going to be kicked. You're going to keep doing the old things. And the thing about it is, is that it doesn't matter how sincere and how much everybody else is doing it. If it's not in God's order, it's not God's order. That's right. it. Period. Right. It's time for a shift. It's time. It's this generation needs a shift. We're on the cusp of, of, of something has to change because if right. we don't, we lose the next generation. I'm going to get you a T-shirt that says "Shift Happens." I, yes. I've got I've got one just like that. Oh, come on, <laughs> this has got to happen. <laughs> yeah. I want one of those. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless God. Well, Steve, thank you very much again, buddy. I appreciate your time, and that this has been. I'm I'm just all revved up now. This is. Um, don't need any more coffee, huh? No, no, I don't need any more caffeine. I'm, I'm, I'm up on it now. So, but, but, you know, I think what you did was you brought it all together beautifully and bringing it to the heart of it and, and uh, summarized it great. And so, yeah, that excellent, excellent. Very, very nicely um, laid out there on the, as, as a closing point for today. So I appreciate it, buddy. Well, I appreciate just the opportunity to be able to be together with somebody doing this stuff because 
this stuff wouldn't come out unless we're able to draw it out of one another. Well, exactly. Have this going back and forth. I mean, that's just a whole different dynamic. Yeah. And it's a good dynamic. You know, that's, that's when, 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 you know, what God's given you, what God's given me is synergized into, into, um, just striking and igniting it and to bring it out so, so that the house of God, the temple of God begins to get built because we, right. we want to see the church of Jesus built, his right. church built, and that's what it's about. So right. just to everybody listening, thank you for being with us again today. We really appreciate you, and uh, we value your, your, um, your time to, and, and, and your commitment to, to listen and to receive. We pray that you'll take this stuff and search it out in Scripture. Don't, yes. don't just take our word for it. You know, is that we're trying to bring you the heart of it, as Steve was saying. And so, um, it, but it takes you going to the Scriptures. And Jesus said, my words are not just, you know, words. They, they are spirit and they are life. And so you will find the life of God in, in the, the living word as well. So you, you go to the word, search out these things, pray about it, meditate on it, let it get deep down in your heart and let God begin to renew your mind through his word. Um, and so we, I just pray that, that what we're sharing with you will be the seeds to help you to begin a train of thinking in your life, to begin a inclination of, of a way of thinking in your life. And, and so that we, we see the kingdom and the order of God coming in a greater and, and more and more from glory to glory, grace to grace, faith to faith, um, in greater, you know, greater, what's, what's the word, <laughs> Steve? <laughs> <laughs> help me, help me. <laughs> help me. Uh, yeah. in, in greater manifestation, you know. In there the, we go. There we go. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. And please pray for 20 cent ministry. Yes, 20 cent ministry. <laughs> <laughs> for all your paradigm shifts. <laughs> Even got a tagline. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Well, have a super weekend and God bless you and thank you for being with us. Until next time, this is Sean and Steve saying goodbye. <laughs> when I can find the, <laughs> the off button. Um, okay, you.